Welcome to the Destiny Church Tees Valley podcast. As you listen, it is our prayer that you are transformed by audacious faith, inspiring hope, and extravagant love. Good morning, church. It's good to see you all there. You all look really good. From up here anyway. I am so excited today to uh, bring this message, and uh, for those of you that might be visiting or might not have been here for the last two weeks, we've started a series on living beyond yourself, um, a series on ministry, living beyond yourself, and we've had two awesome teachings, yeah? We started off with Nadine, first week, amazing teaching on servanthood on how to serve like Jesus. You know, when I heard the sermon, I wanted to cry because it it showed me, Lord, get me back to that. I want to serve like you. And that's going to be a sermon that's going to be remembered in our our hearts and our lives. Uh, The second one, we had Ben last week. Ben was with us. He's now gone home. We're going to miss him. But Ben spoke about our identity in Christ, how important it is to have our identity in Christ. And he spoke about David and how David found his identity in Christ and he lived a life consecrated to to God. And in keeping with David, I I, I got this scripture um, from the Bible, of course, (laughs) Acts 13, verse 36a, and it says, Now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, and those words resonated in me because this was the end of David's life, And the Bible is saying that uh, David served God's purpose for his generation. I don't know about you, but that made me feel, Lord, let those be the last words that I go down on. Tracy, you served served God's purpose in your generation. Faith, you've served God's purpose in your generation. Uh, Sammy, you've served... God's purpose in your generation. I don't know what what resonates in your heart, but that really resonates within me that God is calling us as a church to start serving God's purpose in this generation, in this generation. And today, God is calling us to be that mighty church that he's called us to. You see, we're a good church. I'm not saying we're a bad church. If those of you that are visiting, we're really a good church. But God is calling us to move from good to great. He's calling us to another level. And through the series, I know and I believe that God is calling us to that point. 1 Chronicles, still in keeping with David, 1 Chronicles 12, verse 22 to 23 says, Day after day, men came to help David until he had a great army like the army of God. Wow, David had an army like the army of God. Men joined him. Men joined him and they formed a great army of, of God. Now today, if you look around our church, there's great diversity of color, culture, creed, background, age. Yeah, Anybody actually born in Stockton? One, two, three. Out of 60 of us, five of you are local. Okay? Get the message? God has called us from every part of the world 
to come here. Why? Because we're a unique church. I've been to many churches. Destiny, you're a unique church. And for those of you that are going to join us, you are going to be joining us as a unique church. And God has called us into purpose. When I start to think of David, it says that David's army was like an army of God. And I said, Lord, how do we become your church? Destiny, the church of God, like God. And I was drawn to Ezekiel 37, which is a very popular verse of scripture or chapter in the Bible. And Ezekiel 37, you can go away and read. I'm just going to summarize this quickly. So Ezekiel was a prophet of God. And God leads Ezekiel into this valley of dry bones. Now you might be thinking, what do dry bones look like? We might have a picture coming up there. But, but God takes him to this valley of dry bones. And he gets Ezekiel to stand there. Yeah, I just got some. Those were really dry. That's how dry these bones are. I do like bones. I'm a physio, so we kind of like deal with bones. But uh, so he takes him to this valley of dry bones. And he got, gets him to stand in the middle of this valley. And, he, and then God asks Ezekiel, Ezekiel, do you think these bones will live again? Ezekiel, being very smart, says, only you know the answer to that one, God. And God says to Ezekiel, you prophesy over these bones. Ezekiel 37.10 says, so I prophesied, which is Ezekiel, has the Lord commanded me, and breath entered into them, and they became life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Now, as I read these verses, I know I've just plunged right into it, but I think this is the way we're going to start off today. Because God's calling us, like I was saying, to become a great church, to become a, a church that are, that's going to be living beyond yourself, a church that's going to move away from me, my family, to us, the body of Christ. But if you are going through a season in your life, if you are here sitting today and you're actually feeling dry, you know, we spoke about hope um, on Friday night. We had our prayer meeting and Nadine spoke about hope, inspiring hope. And she said that without hope, you cannot have faith. Today, how are you feeling? Because I'm coming here and I'm going to speak to you. But if you are in a dry place, this is going to cause a blockage to what God is wanting to do amongst us today. So before we even start, I know you've just sat, but we're going to stand, we're going to lift our arms up high, and we're going to say, Lord, breathe new life into us. Even as we receive your word on living beyond ourselves, you breathe new life into your church. Lord, I just pray over your church right now. I pray, Lord, even as we, with our arms raised up high, Lord, that you come, you come and fall amongst us, Lord. You come and have your way amongst us, Lord. We don't want to be the same, Lord. We want to be changed. We want to be refreshed by your Holy Spirit today. So, Lord, I pray that that ruach, that fresh breath of you, Lord, will just come upon your church. It will fall afresh upon us today, Lord. I come against any dryness, spiritual dryness, people that have no hope, that you will bring hope into this congregation right now, Lord, that even as we receive your word, Lord, that we will receive it, Lord, with open hearts, ready to serve you in this generation. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Please be seated, guys, and thank you for that. So, the title of the sermon is Living 
uh, our series is Living Beyond Yourself, but the title I've placed is Living Beyond uh, Your, every, uh, sorry, The Power of Everybody. Sorry, after that uh, prayer, I've got a bit more. The Power of Everybody. Now, when I think about the power of everybody, my first example goes back to me being in our home in South Africa. And I was born in South Africa. I came here 18 years ago. I came here just for one year, but 18 years later, we are here. God has his plan. Uh, so, but growing up in South Africa, so I'm the third of four daughters. Uh, so there's six of us at home, a very busy household. Dad was a pastor. Mom was um, a seamstress. I'll tell you a bit about my mom because I used to always talk about my dad here. But my mom, we came from very humble beginnings. It was a hard life for them and don't feel sorry for her because she was a very, very uh, industrious woman. So they didn't afford to go to school or anything like that. And we thank God over the generations how God has blessed us, you know, in our lives. Uh, but starting off with that, so at, at her house, her older sister had a sewing machine. So she taught her how to sew. That became her profession. That became her job. So my mom was the height of practicality. Everything in our house was practical. So from a very young age, she got us all from about 8, 9, 10. You were in the kitchen. You were observing how to cook a curry. You were observing how to boil some rice because that was like our staple food. Cook a curry, boil a rice, you've got a meal, people. That was our house, right? Indian culture. So by the time we were 11 or 12, we knew how to cook this curry, boil this rice. She got us on a rotor Monday, Catherine, Tuesday, Vals, Wednesday, Tracy, Jolene is... Friday, uh, Thursday and Friday, she would do it. So we were all on a rotor. This was our house. She got us working like a, a mean machine. You know what I mean? So on a Saturday, we would all get up early in the morning. If for those of you that live in South Africa, like Bruce and Helen, there's no sleeping in, guys. The sun is up at 5.30 every day, 365 days of the year. So by half seven, she's got us all doing our chores. So that was our house. And, we, and you know what? When you have to get up in the morning and you're little, or when you have to cook that curry, you think, oh, mom, leave, you know, just relax, take a chill pill, please. But that taught us, taught me anyway, the power of everybody. That is how our, our house was run, because everybody did their part. And that's how we had a successful home life. And that transcended to when we got older. Now, in the Indian culture, parents cleave to their, to their children. Don't leave, don't leave, whereas it's a bit different here, like you're 16, maybe you should look for an alternative accommodation or something. I'm like, my patients come to me, oh yeah, he's coming to 17, 18, he'll be going soon. That's the total different culture of Indians, right? They want to cleave to their children, don't leave, don't leave. So we all studied locally at our university, and we all stayed home till we got married, as it were. And then also, that concept of the power of everybody, because when we started to work, we were able to contribute to the house. And that also taught me the power of everybody. And that is what God is looking for us as a church, to be as a family. Now, this is not a blasé statement, living as a family, being a family, by no means. If you were here three weeks ago and Pastor Kath was preaching and she took out that big sword and you saw everybody like duck just in case he decapitated you, that's what family is all about. You defend them. You love them unconditionally. You protect them with everything that you have. 
That is what God is looking for us as a church. And as I preach today, as I share today, I'm going to share my heart. Because I believe God is calling us to a new place to serve as a family. I was so excited this morning. Not that Madeline's in hospital, but that Faith prayed for her. So as a family, or as a body of Christ, we can uphold her in prayer for all of today and the week. And she will be made well. Because as a body, we are praying together. That is the power of family. And that is what God is teaching us today. Romans 12 verse 4 says, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function. Now, I deal with bodies every day. Do not worry, they're not dead bodies. They are living bodies um, every day. Um, however, after you leave physio, you might feel half dead because it is quite scary sometimes. But anyway, I had a patient come to me. And uh, I'm going to talk about how important each part of the body is. I had a patient that came to me, and he fell from a height. He fell onto one foot, took all the weight on that one foot. And he sustained a fracture, a break. Just I couldn't get a picture, so I had to bring the... This is not his foot, by the way. <laughs> he, he's okay. He's alive. He's walking after physio. Just, just for the record. So anyway, <laughs> when Faith saw this, she was like, oh, no. Please don't let me touch that. No, this is just a, a model, right? So anyway, he just broke <laughs> this part of his, of his toe, his foot, toe, the toe, the big toe, his right foot. And he came to me, and uh, we his joint was immobilized, and he came to us as physios. We had to rehabilitate him. So we had to get him moving. We had to get him walking again, and we had to, you know, get him strengthen, strengthen his lower limb. And then... But then to my amazement and to us as physios, the, the most amazing thing is that through your big toe is where all your balance is. You maintain all the balance of your entire body through this big toe. And it took this guy so many months to get back to walking properly, to, to running and whatever he had to do. But because this one part was not functioning properly, it affected the whole body. This morning... I'm wondering, what is your role in church? What, do you, what is your function in church? Because we all called, the Bible says in uh, Ephesians uh, 4 verse 7, however, he has given each of us a special gift through the generos generosity of Christ. Now you might be thinking, oh no, not me. Yes, you. Yes, you. All of you sitting here, you've got a gift. God's given us at least one. Some of you sitting here and you've got 20. But you've got at least one gift. And God is saying, each of us have to have a special part to play. Now, I told you I, I deal with bodies. But the, the, what I've learned about the body is that no part is in competition with each other. Never, ever. The body, we've got doctors here. It's so amazing, isn't it? It's so intricately made. Actually, if one part is damaged, it's like all of the body starts to focus on that one part to repair it. I think that's amazing how God has created the body. You know, patients come to me and they come with their right shoulder pain and we work on it. And the next time they come and they say, it's my left. And, you, and they come and say, Tracy, you wouldn't believe it, but my left is starting. And I usually say, I can't believe it. It's probably in your mind. No, I, do. I don't say it, but I think it. I think it. I think it. But... Uh, 
but you know, that's how the body is. The body, in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 26, it says, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. However, if one part is honored, every part rejoices in it. That is just so powerful about the body. So remember that we are never in competition with each other when it comes to serving. You can't say, I want to sing like Faith, or I want to play the guitar like John, or I want to act like Bernard. You know, we cannot, each has their part to play, you know. Each has their unique part to play. Spouses, I, I, I feel like I need to say this, husband and wives, do not feel, you know, I, like I said, I grew up in this home uh, with, my, uh, with our mom and dad, and my dad was the upfront guy, but my mom had the gift of hospitality. You come into a house, and you will feel like a queen or a king, because she'll sit you down, and she will treat you, and you would feel great. Never once did my mom say, I want to be like your dad and upfront, because she knew her, her calling, her gift. And what, what, what happens if we start to uh, encourage each other, especially husbands and wives, when you see each other and you start to encourage each other and you start to say, I'm going to help you become the best that you can be in that gift. Why do we do that? Not because we only love them, which is what we do, but we start to strengthen the body through that. When we get into that uh, mindset of, let me encourage you in your gifting, let me help you, let me build you up in your gifting, that's when we start to strengthen the body of Christ. Now, we're sitting with Romans. We're going to go to verse 5. It says in the Amplified, so Romans 12, verse 5, in the Amplified, it says, So we, who are many, are nevertheless just one body in Christ. And individually, we are parts, uh, one of another, mutually dependent on each other. Look at those words, mutually dependent, and ponder over those words. What does it mean to be mutually dependent? It's like... Um, Pastor Kath and I have a relationship. I rely on Pastor Kath and she relies on me. That is mutual dependence. Think of your life, think of your family, and think of church. Are you mutually dependent on church? Or are you independent of the church? Can you actually survive without church? That's the question to you. I've come here 18 years ago, and I have to say that I may be overly dependent on church because really, you know, yesterday Rachel had a violin exam, and I was texting my friends and our connect group, pray for her, because I'm dependent on you and your prayer for my family and me. If something's going on in my life, I have a mutual dependence on you. And I believe that God is speaking to us as a church. Are you dependent on our church? Or is just church just a ticky box, so I've been to church? Church should never be like that. Church should be our life, guys. Jesus died for the church. Jesus died for his church. So we should embrace this. We should love church. And I'm praying that you will catch this. Because if you as adults don't catch this, our children won't catch it, will they? Our children won't catch it. Mutual dependence. It's a powerful concept. Think of a marriage that is mutual. I feel like I'm more dependent on my husband than he is on me. But anyway, I'm going to learn. Mutual dependence, yes. Family life, mutual dependence. Connect group, mutual dependence. You can't do without each other. You need each other. Church, mutual dependence. And that is what God is looking for us 
to at us as a church be mutually dependent on each other. Now, we're going to start to look at a few um, ministry opportunities because God's called each one of us, we've, we've gathered that, that each one of us has a special calling. And I'm going to start to go through some ministry opportunities. We're not finished yet, but you might want to grab your communication card because if anything comes to you, you might have already got it right now and think, oh, yeah, I, I know, I know what I'm doing. But I want you to think of it. And as you think of it, as I go through all of these ministry opportunities, I want you to start putting it down on your communication card. I believe God's called me to this because all of us have a gift. If your heart is in church life, if you want to be part of this, if you want to be part of this great, great, great adventure of serving God together, the power of everybody, then let's see what we can do. Romans 12, again, verse 6 to 8 says, we have different gifts according, sorry, I'm a bit fast, 12, uh, Romans 12, verse 6 to 8. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Now also 1 Corinthians 12 verses 7 to 12 talks about the supernatural gifts. There's nine supernatural gifts there. Uh, I don't know whether we have those verses, but those are wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miraculous powers, prophecy. We, 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 we kind of like know these things. Distinguishing between spirits, speaking in different kinds of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. And I want you to go home and read through all of these because these are powerful gifts that God has given the church. Now, I'm not going to look at all of that. You'll be happy to know. But I am going to look at a few gifts. And I'm going to start off looking at the gifts of helps. Because sometimes this is a gift that's missed. Now, when, my hus when we first came to England, it's 18 years and up to today, if my, my husband's a, a great man, but he cannot do DIY, right? We need to get that just straight, yeah. So, he's learning, he's getting better. <laughs> I better put that in just in case something breaks and I call for him. Like, why are you calling for me? But 18 years ago, up to today, if anything, Bruce, are you there? <laughs> oh, Pastor Jonathan, are you there? Oh, Mark, are you there? So if he's on the phone to either three of these guys, I know something's broken. Mr. and Mrs. Fix-It. You know, some people are made to fix things, while others like myself watch you fix it. You know what I mean? So we've got a little... Um, thing on there. Did we get a little picture? Yeah? On fixing it. And when I looked at this picture, I looked at that red thing and thought it was a cheese grater, but I don't think it is a cheese grater. Bruce, what is that? Some sawing. It's a rasp. Ooh, wow. Yeah, so I'm definitely not a Mrs. Fix-It, and I know you guys are, but if you've got that gift, you've got the gift of helps. You practically help other people, and you might be thinking, really? Is that a gift? Yes. It's a gift. And you know what? It will really serve the church really well. If that's your gift, put it down because that's a powerful gift that you can bring into the kingdom of God. The next one is an encouragement, gift of encouragement. You know, Rachel spoke about love and sometimes how love can be something that is not a natural thing anymore. 
and encouragement sometimes now. It's like not a natural thing. But God has called us to be encouragers. Paul had a great ministry because he had Barnabas. He had an encourager with him. And lots of me, lots of, uh, you know, in our lives, we, I know for myself, I have lots of encouragers. So the spirit of encouragement, a gift of encouragement. You are the person that wants to strengthen per people. You are the person that wants to build other people up. You know, sometimes you can go into this party, parting atmosphere, and there's a big party going on, and everyone's laughing and enjoying themselves. And you come away and you say, you know what, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, Tandy or, or, J or Margaret, they didn't look themselves. You are, you've got that. You're perceptive of other people. Not everybody is like that. That is a gift that God has given you, the gift of encouragement. The next one, the gift of giving. I'm going to talk about this. I'm not talking about our 10% tithe. For the years of you that are members, you do your tithes. But these are people that are so generous that they give far beyond what they, you know, what, what, what they, what they can. They, we know that they are generous in their giving. They give cheerfully. They give with all of their heart. And you might be thinking, oh, I just thought that was just me. No, you actually have the gift of giving. Believe me, not everybody is like that. You have that gift of giving. The gift of mercy. You are that person that is so compassionate. You see things. Now, we were away in conference, Pastor Kath and I, a ladies' conference. So usually the guys come along and they sort everything out. Like if my husband's there, we know where we're going and what we're doing. Now we have to think of where we're going and what we're doing. So anyway, so we get out of this... <laughs> So we, we, we arrive in London and we come out and we, we're in the train station and I'm like all ready with my Google Maps out and my phone and I need to punch in the hotel address and I've got it and I'm attentively listening to Google Maps voice that it will take me to the right place and we won't waste any time because that, I hate being lost. So anyway, we come out of this train station and then we walk and I am attentively listening to Google Maps voice. And then we walk quite fast. And then Kat said, did you notice that beggar that was staying in a tent? I said, what beggar? What tent? She said, you virtually jumped over him. Did you not notice it? I was saying, no, I was listening to Google Maps voice. <laughs> so I'm praying that as I spend more time with her, I'll get that gift. So the gift of mercy, you see the need, you meet the need, you're compassionate. And believe me, not everybody like I've just displayed has that gift, the gift of mercy. The gift of teaching, right? So this I'm going to quickly talk about because the gift of teaching, you might be thinking, oh, no, I, I don't think I'm a teacher. But actually, you could be called to be teaching in different, different you could be t uh, for the kids, you could be amongst the youth. You could be for women, you could be for men, you could be for older people. Also, you could be in different numbers. You could be teaching five, you could be teaching 15, you could be 50. Some of you here are probably going to be teaching 50,000 people. But sometimes we think, oh, the big numbers I can't cope with. But your five are waiting for you. And I believe some of you have a powerful gift of teaching upon your lives. So don't say, I can't teach. I believe there's many teachers in this room. And we are probably called for different numbers. So you want to probably put that in you. Now, sometimes you might be saying, Tracy, I'm scared to put anything down. Because if I do, say I say I'm going to do stewarding, I'm going to be stuck at that door for 45 years, and I can't do that. 
But anyway, one of the churches uh, brought out something called, uh, it's called the first serve opportunity. Why not try something for the first time? Go on, jump in. Be adventurous. First time, maybe you want to be at the door. Maybe you want to help with stewarding. Maybe you want to be in the car park. Maybe you want to get onto the welcoming team. We need you. Maybe, you know, you want to be part of a hospitality team. Maybe you're the type that likes to cook. You like to get people at your home. What a powerful ministry this is. What a powerful ministry to get people into your home. It kind of like seals the deal of salvation in many ways. It, it seals the deal of relationship. It seals the deal that we are real, coming around some food, hospitality. We can, all, we can get a team, and I don't think you've got to do this on your own. But if that's your heart, put it down, hospitality, admin. How do you know if you're an admin person? If I come to your home and all of your socks are color coordinated, all your shirts are color coordinated, you're an admin person. Is there any admin people in the room? Emma? Adam? Seriously, both on the PA team as well. That, I think that's a bit OCD, but hey, whatever works for you. But I would think you all are the admin people, yeah? Great. So kids team? If you, there's certain criteria here, but if you think, you know what, I would love to serve on the kids' team. We need to speak to Mabel. If it's a youth you'd like to get involved with, we need to speak to Faith about that. Decor team, Kat will love you. Come on, you can do this. If you were like into this decor, she doesn't invite me when anything like that's happening. But, you know, that would be you. If you're creative, if you love writing poetry, if you like writing, if you, with the website, design, posters, we need you. That could be you sitting right there and you thought, oh, you actually need me? Yes. As a church, we need you. This is the power of everybody. This is the power of everybody doing their bit for the kingdom of God, for Jesus for Jesus who died for his church. Now I'm going to start to finish off with this thought. When I was a student in South Africa many, many years ago, um, I worked in one of the wards, or I was a student, and we did a, a placement with patients with amputees. Now amputees are patients that lose their limbs. Um, and, and this was one of the placements that really stood out to me. You know, I, I was very empathetic because many of them were quite young, Many of them, uh, was, it was through trauma or disease, and, and I had a whole ward of patients that I would be dealing with. And all of them were going through different things in their lives. They were all struggling with different, as you can imagine, depression. There, were, there was weakness going on in their, in, in, in their limbs, in their other limbs and all of that. But every patient spoke of something called a phantom limb pain. I don't know whether you've heard it. It's called phantom limb. It's when part of the body is cut off, when part of the body uh, has been cut off. It's like the body goes into this response of yearning for that part. It's like the body says, where's that part gone? It's like the body's saying, it's missing. And today I feel, even as some of you sit here, you may be cut off the body of Christ. You might not know it, but you might actually be cut off the body of Christ. When you cut off the body of Christ, you know what? It starts to hurt the rest of the body. And God is calling us all to come together to be part of, this, of the body of Christ. Then I started to think of the prodigal son. 
in Luke 15, there's a story of a, of a father of a dad who has two sons. And the youngest son comes to the dad and says, Dad, I want my inheritance. Give me my inheritance and I will do what I want to do with it. And he goes away and he spends his inheritance. And he lands up in the worst of worst amongst the pigs. And then he comes back. You know, at that point, the young, the young son cut himself off that family. It must have hurt the dad. It, must have, it definitely hurt the brother. It must have hurt this family. But today I want to point you to the heart of the father. You know, when we are up there praying at 9 o'clock in, uh, in the morning, Pastor Jonathan always brings to remembrance the prodigal. Because the heart of a father is that the prodigals come back. That is always the heart of the father. So the heart of the father in that story was he was waiting. He was yearning. He had his arms wide open for, though, for his son to come back. And today, if you're feeling like you are cut off the body or you're feeling like you're not part of the body, Father God stands and he says, I want us all to be part of the body. I want us all to realize the power of everybody. Today, I'm not sure where you are, uh, where, where you are in your life. You might be feeling cut off. The Father wants you back. You might be feeling backslidden. You might have just, I've, I've lost it. I, I don't even want to be here, you might be saying. Guess what? Father God's got his arms wide open, and he wants you back. Today, you might be like you are amongst the pigs, sitting in that sty. Maybe you're in sin. God knows our heart. You know, we can all fake this at some time and do church. But God knows our heart. But even in all of those situations, Father God opens his arms up and he says, I'm waiting. I'm yearning. I'm longing for you to come back. Today, I'd love for all of us to stand. I'd love for all of us to just start to pray for each other. We talked about the supernatural gifts. We talked about <coughs> the gifts of the Spirit. We talked about different things. But I have love for us. If you are here and you think, I, I need prayer, put your hands up. We'll come to you. But I would love for us to move all over this room and pray for each other. If you're a Connect host, just move all over this room. Just start to pray for each other that we will come back. And also that we will find our purpose in church, that we will start to serve, that we will start to realize the power of everybody. I believe through this, we all need to be praying together for this. It's not just one or two. We all need it. So all over this room, let's start to move around. Don't feel shy. You can move around. You can pray for each other. You can pray for the person even standing next to you. Don't, if you're here for the first time, don't let this freak you out or anything like that. But let's start to pray for each other. Let's start to lift each other up. Let's start to encourage each other. If you're feeling cut off the body of Christ, remember the posture of the Father. The posture of the Father is to bring his children back to him. It's never to be cut off, but it's to bring him back to where we belong, in the Father's house. Let's just pray. Let's just pray all over this room. If you would like to know more, please visit us at 
www.thedestinychurch.co.uk. 